to the baseline. My point is, I don't know how the Miami Heat are going to win this series. You know, they might be outmanned in certain positions. But I do know one thing, and that is the Miami Heat ain't going to lose this series. <laughs> you know, like, like we can go X's and O's and, and this is where I bow out. If you go, you, if you go, listen, such and such can't guard Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Grant Williams just went seven for 17 in the game seven. Al Horford is a dog on the defensive end. He creates shots on the offensive end for others. I agree with you, D-Lot. But all I know is the Miami Heat ain't not, it, they not about to lose. <laughs> now, now, everybody, come back in about two weeks. This take sounds crazy now. But come back in about two weeks, and we might know what I'm talking about. Taking my baby to school, then I pray for Cause you bitches ain't never been cool Writing testament, painting pictures Put me in the Louvre, that's a definite Universal shift, I'm in the groove A celebrity do not mean integrity The baseline Man, shake your hands To the baseline podcast Balling with the flu, more than two M's You come in You hear it See, the beat made the little note for him that time. <laughs> he was already doing that flow. Yes, sir. So, Mike. Yes, sir. D Lot. We doing it again. Oh, it couldn't be. It couldn't be. Back to back? Oh no! Oh man! <laughs> well, not again! Back to back? Uh huh. Uh, welcome in again to Celebrity Row for two episodes in a row. Now another special guest, another VIP. I let him introduce himself. What a guy! What's up, y'all? Derek Morris, basketball historian, general. This who? Thing. I'm addicted, bro. I have a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a good problem to have, man. I'm happy to be here, bro. I'm happy to be here. Talk about some ball. Yeah, this where this where the audience. We gotta make an audience. Sound. <sighs> chaos, chaos, noise, noise, noise. Yeah, appreciation, yeah, yeah. appreciation. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. Derek Morris, you know what I mean. Had to have him on the pod, man. As as he um said well, wealth of basketball knowledge you know what i'm saying um and we not many whose basketball opinion I, I i give much higher regard to than our our guest today man for sure my guy Derek. you know yeah you know uh i remember because we all uh, went to central and whatnot like it's certain people i hooped a lot you know what i'm saying i play a lot of basketball and it's just certain people you see going in and out the gym or hooping Derek was always hooping, man. Facts. Always hooping. Facts. Every I'm day. Like, every day he in there hooping, man. Giving people buckets too. Putting in that work, man. A real uh, rat. Yes, real sir. Real rat. For real. Real. Yes, Actually, sir. Usually it's a hoop session today at Wednesday. I'm out at Syracuse now with like faculty. We have like moon ball. So still hooping that every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. You know. You don't be getting off, though. I do, bro. I be doing my thing a little bit, but I like to take my time now. I'm a lot more paced. 
basketball now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't, I ain't moving too fast. And I don't fall, bro. I'm not falling. I'm not playing real defense. <laughs> real defense. I'm not playing good offense. I have to pick one or the other. At this point in time, I just go out there and have fun, man, really. You, you, you getting through screens or you switching on them? I'm switching, bro. Switch. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about, man. It's pick 20. up, bro. It's pick up, bro. Like switch, bro. Everybody, everybody the same height. If not, we have the same level. So don't make no sense. I'm with it, man. I'm with it. Well, we happy to have you on the pod, man. Uh, D Lot, man. Um, a lot going on, but it's the most wonderful time of the sports year for me. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Better than my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> I swear. Yes, it's sir. time for uh always in June, always a June staple, the NBA finals. Not too much that get guys like us at our old ass age decided too much more, man. Yeah, I'm actually going, I'm going out of town this weekend, and I gotta plan my I gotta plan my Sunday around game too. But, uh, <laughs> But um, NBA Finals, man, 2022, we have the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Anything immediately jump out to y'all fellas as far as how we got here or something you uh, maybe haven't let out to the public yet, but you feel strongly about the series, anything at all? Wait, before we get to the series, I got to address the elephant in the room that is probably edited into the podcast at this point. Um, I was wrong about the Miami Heat Boston Celtics series. Um, when I, when I gave a take, D-Lot, you know what I'm saying? When I gave a take, right? <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just know the Miami Heat are not going to lose the series. In my mind, I was going with, you know what I mean? The, the rare take of who wants it more which I try my best to stay away from, but it's Jimmy Butler. Right. And I just didn't think that Jimmy Butler, like I thought something, he would pull a rabbit out of the hat. He did it in game six, but I thought it was going to happen in game seven. It was close, but um, yeah, man, uh, wrong. Definitely wrong. <laughs> That's so interesting that you had that take because I actually picked the Miami Heat to win too, bro. Like I had them, I had them beating the Celtics maybe in six. Um, but this was a weird series. Like, let's not, you know, think that it wasn't a weird series. There were, like, four blowouts, three or four blowouts back-to-back-to-back in the first few games. And I don't think I've ever seen that before in a conference finals where both teams are getting blown out by 20-plus. Um, then it then goes to seven games. Then it goes to seven games. Like, so I think, yeah, you and I were both wrong for sure because of the outcome. But – the Miami Heat weren't a bad pick, bro. They really could have they could have won the series. There's a strong argument there. Yeah, man. Yeah, I definitely thought they were gonna they were gonna um pull it out. But um, yeah, and they got close too, man. That Jimmy Butler shot at the end. You kinda, you know, gotta live with it. Um, what you think, what you think about what you think about that? We can start there, D Lock. You read my mind. I was trying to get us there anyway to see how y'all fellas felt about the shot. Uh I guess I get my take first. I have no problem with the shot, to be honest with you. Um, at that point, Jimmy Butler's the only person on his team giving anybody anything on offense. 
Uh, y'all not supposed to be here anyway. Y'all had already had this kind of halfway miracle comeback. Um, I know you're not a three-point shooter, but these last two games you've been hitting them, especially when they count. It's a clutch play. You're a clutch player. Wide open in transition. I have no problem with it. If it goes in, nobody's going to say he should have took it to the rack and tried to draw the foul on Al Horford. I got no problem with Derek? Yeah, man, I think it's one of those rare – I kind of I agree with you, B-Lot. It's one of those rare shots where, like, if you miss it, it's it could be looked at as a bad shot. But if you make it, it's a really, really good shot. And it just so happened that he missed the shot. Now, basketball-wise, I pro- I've seen the play a million times. I would have liked for him just after the fact in retrospect to go to the basket. He might have got an and one and got fouled. They're only down two. Um, but I don't fault him for taking for pulling up for that shot. That's that's game. Like if you if you if you want to go for the game, you went for it. But that's Jimmy Butler too. You know, he's he's that type of player. If he has it going, he's gonna pull up and really knock that shot down. He just so happened to miss it. So. Yeah, I kind of agree with both of y'all. I would say it's a bad basketball shot, but it it's a get us out of here shot. Like that's it. That's you. You have to understand the context of the game to understand the shot he took. Like he played what 46, 47 minutes, maybe even forty eight. He played forty eight. Team tired. They kind of worked their way back into the game. It's kind of like you said, D-Lot. I don't even know if we should be here right now so mm-hmm. i'm gonna sneak us up out of here with this with this last shot we at home they say like go for the win at home a lot of teams do it but don't play it in, don't play that uh play in slow motion because it's gonna piss you off because yeah. it looks terrible because you have al horford like in open space with just between <laughs> him and the basket and it's like oh it's jimmy butler it's kind of like what he does go to the basket but um you you just said something that made me think about something I'm like like the slow motion the slow motion impact in basketball like yeah, I don't know if any basketball plays should be like reviewed in, <laughs> in slow motion sometimes. Like it, it, it changes what happened. Like exactly, it yeah, changes I, our perspective on it because things are happening so fast, especially in an NBA playoff game. Like it's it's impossible. It's kind of unfair to like judge a play in slow motion when it happened in fast motion and they were making decisions in fast. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. It's, it's the same thing with, like, baseball. And when they show, like, you know, curveballs and sliders and the guy swung and the pitch was in the dirt, it's like, you know, but it started off on a different plane. <laughs> and it was going 87 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, but, no, that's – I think a lot of basketball is overanalyzed anyway these days. But, um, but yeah, for sure. Um, but in any event, Jimmy Butler missed a shot, went off the front rim, as it tends to go when you're tired. The Miami Heat out of there, man. And the Boston Celtics advance to the NBA Finals, man. This young roster who been together for, well, this Tatum year five? And uh, Jalen Brown year six. They done been in multiple conference finals, was up 3-2 on Brown. Um played Miami in the bubble, uh, lost to them conference finals, played in a bunch of game sevens, uh, and his roster to finally bust through with pretty much maintaining that same core for longer than we see a lot of teams maintain core, especially in tonight's NBA, but finally broke through. And um, I, for one, don't feel like they have 
that much pressure on them. It's almost like like house money because they haven't been to this point yet. This roster's still going. I, I I wonder how y'all feel about that. Or is there some pressure on them? Um, I feel like there's pressure on them, D-Lot. Okay. The reason being, the reason being, is, when I say pressure, I don't mean like, oh, if they lose, it's over. Like, it's a huge stain on whatever they got going on. I just feel like the Boston, it's pressure when you have a team that can win a championship. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of, I feel like Boston is being written off a little bit in, in a way where they're underdogs in the series. And I get that point, but it's like, ooh. They can win this series. They like if you look at it, they can win this series. So I feel like in that sense, there's just pressure in terms of being in NBA Finals and being four wins away from being champion. I feel like pressure comes along with that. You know what I mean? I feel the same. Like I feel like pressure um, exists for this young team because they're battle tested and now they finally gotten there. You don't know if you're gonna get to the finals again. Like we've seen teams kind of like one-off finals, not recently, but um, because the Warriors and the Cavs were in the finals for so long. But if you think back to, to Toronto or the Phoenix Suns, like it's going to be hard for those teams and those core group of guys to get back to the finals again. So I think in that instance, if I'm Boston, like I think you are kind of playing with house money because you haven't been there before. It's like you don't, you don't know the outcome. Um, but with that being said, though, like I think the Warriors are the favorites. For sure. When you mentioned um, teams that got there and it's hard to get back, two teams came to mind immediately. And that's one, uh, that 06 Heat team that got there with young Dwayne <laughs> Wade. And Dwayne yeah. Wade didn't get back till 2012. And then, speaking of 2000, oh, well, 2011. And then 2012, the Oklahoma City Thunder got there. Yep. And they had a lot of a lot of potential and then never got there again. Kevin Durant, you know, ended up going to the Warriors, but those other two never got there again. It's so hard to have sustained success in the league, bro. Like year to year, so many things can change. Shoot, look at the Phoenix Suns this past year. Like even Milwaukee with the Chris Middleton injury, like anything, anything can derail what you think should be another trip to the, to the conference finals. Like it's not guaranteed. So in that instance, I think that there's pressure on Boston. But you can honestly say the same thing for the Warriors, too. Like, they don't know what's going to happen with Clay or Steph or any of those guys go down. It's, it's not going to be good, a good look. So. Uh, let me ask you uh, an East question. Um, if Boston happens to win the championship, you know you've had, like, this – Basically, like that Toronto team has been together for a while. The Milwaukee team has been together for a while. I mean, and B, Texas wouldn't be in conversation because they haven't won at that same level. But if they win, would they be considered the best team of like those East teams who've been like year after year playoff East contenders? Like they will have as many rings as Toronto and Milwaukee. But you know what I'm saying? They all have been around and been in conference finals, but would they be considered the best team, you think? Like, if you had to look back 10 years later, would they be the best team of that group? Um, are we discounting the Cavs? Yeah, because LeBron's been gone for three years now. Well, when we talk about 10 years, like, that was, like, half Bron. When you, I'm saying when you look back 10 years from now. Oh, look back 10 years from now. Yeah, I thought yeah. you meant the last 10 years. Um, 
last. I don't know, man. Derek, what you think, man? I think I think uh, no, because uh, it's my belief that if Milwaukee was healthy, I don't, I can't really say Boston would have beat Chris Middleton and, and Giannis, and not just because they didn't have Chris Middleton, but like Chris Middleton is like not only their second scorer, but their primary ball handler in clutch situations. So you lose that. You lose a lot of his like length defensively, shooting. That means a lot. And <laughs> you can triple team Giannis. You're not able to triple team Giannis if they got Chris Middleton because you're going to leave that Connaughton opening. You know, he, when he's open, he, he's knocking that down. Contested is going to be a, a bit tougher, uh, but that's the Chris Middleton effect. So to answer that question, no, I don't think Boston is the best out of that group, but I think they're up there. Um, even Toronto, like, I don't think they're better than Toronto either, honestly. Yeah, like it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Like I, I kind of put them all on the same plane. Like I don't think one is like head and shoulders above any other. If I was to say put one a little bit above the other, it would be uh, last year's Milwaukee team. But I will say that, like I don't even look at the Raptors as like the same squad. Like I just think there's uh, Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, Raptors, which is different from the Kawhi one-year Raptors, which is different from anything they've done since. True. You know what I mean? So I kind of, it's kind of hard for me to like put them, put it, put it in that perspective. But um, do I think that this Celtics team is like the most, are you saying in totality, in the totality of the run, including like um, all the Eastern Conference finals and all the things you named earlier? Like, right, right, right. Like compare it to, okay, think like, Late 2000s Western Conference, like who was the best team out of that? Was it those Lakers teams with Odom and Gasol before they started winning, or was it like the Phoenix teams got the conference finals a couple of times? Was it the Spurs, you know what I'm saying, that won a couple in there? Like it's the same group of teams that have been there year over year. And in my opinion, I actually think Boston would be the best one because they've beaten all them dudes, they've beat the Heat before. Now you see they've beaten Milwaukee before, they've had to go through. I don't know if they ever played Toronto low-key, but... They like, didn't play the Toronto that, that they would have needed to play. Right. They've been to three conference finals and beat those teams that's in contention with them. So I, I kind of think they would be considered, like, the team <sighs> of that era. It's tough because year after year is a different team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That, that's why it gets tough for me. Yeah, but um that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but um no, they they definitely, you know, are the most I can't even say the most battle test. Listen, they 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 did they did a good job getting where they at. I don't want to yeah. start hating on the Celtics, man. Uh let's flip to the other side there, man. No, I got I got a question, Dila. I'm sorry. Sure. What's up? How if you had to to rank their battle testers. And I'm not hating, bro, but I'm like, I'm really asking a question. <laughs> How battle tested, not just this year's final, this year's track, because we do this every year with the finals, is mm-hmm. we look at who had the tougher route to get to where they are. Um, and I don't know if... <laughs> How good, this is basically my question. How good were the Brooklyn Nets? That's that's my question. 
because it seems like that team kind of tips the scale for them being battle tested. But I don't know how good they are. I mean, I think we almost got to play like the the most evidence you have is the games played, right? And they got they lost four and one zero. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of got to go with that over anything else. Like, and they had their two guys. Like, it wasn't like they was missing somebody. I mean, Ben Simmons wasn't in, included into the consideration because he hadn't played. Like, y'all had y'all guys and y'all lost four zero. So I got to say that team was not what we thought because that's what happened. All right. Well, the Brooklyn Nets. The, the Brooklyn Nets weren't a good team at the time that they played them. You know what I mean? Like, the Brooklyn Nets didn't have the camaraderie in, in the season to get the chemistry together. I, I said this before. Like, the Brooklyn Nets would have got past that series. Now you look at a more danger, dangerous Brooklyn Nets team because they're getting that corporate knowledge of playing with each other. But they caught them at a good time. You know what I mean? So, the I feel like the Boston Celtics went through, like, one of the hardest roads you can go through, like, in recent memory to get to the finals, I feel like. Like, one, two, three, Brooklyn Nets. Who else? Uh, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee, Milwaukee Bucks. Like, that's a pretty tough road. Okay. It's funny you say that, honestly, because the question I had written down was, do you think they're going to get the treatment that, like, a Phoenix got last year, this being, like, a – uh, injury circumstance ring what you just said about the brooklyn series them not having camaraderie because of covid restrictions down there and, and one player's decisions uh chris Middleton being injured in the second round and the third round i mean that's like your most legitimate one but that's still like kyle Lowry's a shell of himself tyler hero wasn't even like mentioned in this like i mean you, if you somebody wanted to make an argument against it they could but i actually and with you mike i think this is like one of the most battle-tested roads you can have to answer your question Derek. like yeah they played what we consider the best player in the league took them to seven games and was down three two even that's like super resilient stuff right there like wasn't the number one seed had to play uh, a road series game seven and got that done you know what i'm saying um even the first series, like showing that dominance against who some thought would, would have been the favorite in round one, like sweeping them like that all mean a lot more to me. And I think it's hard to discredit them, even though the argument can't be made. That's a fact. I do looking at like how people get there. The Phoenix Suns losing the way they did. I think it's a different perspective on how the Warriors, if the Warriors were to get to the finals if they have to go through the Phoenix Suns instead of the Mavericks. So, like, most people picked the Suns to pick to win the championship again because they were the best team in the regular season. And I think that because the Warriors didn't play the Suns, they played the team that beat the Suns in seven. That part of the – that happening impacts how the Eastern Conference is viewed as, like, the – the tougher, the tougher route. You're saying it's never going to be isolated. You're always going to look that like, well, what did the other team do to get here? Too? Right. But, okay. I'm not yeah, going to lie. You have to compare it to something. That's, that's, how, that's how I think about it. No, yeah, I'm not going to lie. The, the Warriors, man, it seemed like every time they play somebody, they ducking some smoke. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't lie, bro. They play, they play Jokic and his homies. Uh, no Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. They play 
um, the Memphis Grizzlies, but then Ja gets hurt. And then as soon as they about to get some comp, like uh, uh, Derek said, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they wet the bed in game seven and don't even show. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Like, it's nuts. I, I don't even know how good the Warriors are. It's tough. That's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think. And this is for the Eastern Conference, too. You got to play. You got to play who's in front of you. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the. And this is just kind of debunks what I just said. So I'm, I'm, but I'm saying anyway. But, like, whoever had a tougher role is really kind of dependent on who was in front of that team. And I will say, based on who was in front of that team, the Boston Celtics had a tougher, a tougher uh, way to get to the finals. They did. That's funny, bro. Like I, I like I said, I had the question written down. Was it going to be one of those type of asterisk things for Boston? And we all seem to think it's going to be that more that way for Golden State. We agree that Boston had the worst role. Yeah, it's not. It's I not fair. Go ahead, man. Oh, my bad. No, I was saying I wouldn't say it's an asterisk on either side. It's just different. That's all. Like I'm not going to look like I gave the Phoenix Suns an asterisk last year because that was ridiculous. Why? Because they went – who they play again? The, the Lakers they injured the both players. LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis hurt for the Lakers. Yeah. They played the Nuggets, right? Did they play the Nuggets or they played uh, – Yeah, they played the Nuggets in the second round. The Nuggets second round, hurt Jamal Murray. They played the, they played the Clippers with hurt Kawhi and I think Paul George. Didn't, wasn't Paul George hurt at one point? No, Paul George, Paul George was healthy. Paul George, oh, Paul George was healthy. Uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's out. So yeah, it's like – and then they get to the finals and then lose. So at every every point, it's like, okay, I don't know if you would have played if you would have played these teams at full strength. Strength if you would have came out the victor, you know what I mean? But then Milwaukee played Atlanta in the conference finals. Like, yeah, no, no, D. Lot, I'm I'm on board with that too. I think you should <laughs> throw that that whole year out. Throw twenty twenty one. Yes, like throw whole the whole twenty twenty one year out like the bubble i feel like that's cool because like er, for the most part every, everybody was there everybody played like that's a science lab of hoop you know what i mean like right. we all got the we all got the same circumstances we eating the same food and i'm just whooping i'm just i'm just whooping y'all throughout the playoff if i win that i win that oh no the bubble i ain't gonna say it's an asterisk bro i ain't gonna say that i am gonna say it's it's suspect a little, a little like it's suspect a little bit. It's just different, bro. You had six months off. Everybody's healthy. So, yeah, you do get to see who, who is the best, better team. But that's not like an accurate depiction of what the finals has been in the past. You don't really get to see. Like, you have to see who, who's able to win with the guys that they have available, not who they have at their best at, at all times. Um, and then another thing, man, I think, honestly, just looking at the, the bubble court, I think the court was smaller, bro. Like, <laughs> I think the court was smaller. You're saying that they, they threw the... ever talked about this, but, like, the amount of guys I've seen step out of bounds on the, the inline and the corner in the bubble, I've never seen before. And I think it's because the court was one of those AAU courts that's close to regulation, but not exactly regulation. You know why I think that happened? 
I honestly think it was affected by the backdrop around the court That's because right. you usually have like people in the front row. Everything is kind of close, so it's kind of insulated. I think they just like as humans felt like they had more room than they did. And, yeah, and the logo, the, the middle logo of like the, the bubble court was a lot bigger, uh, which can yeah. make the court look small. So I don't know. It's just it's it. There's factors there that I definitely sit back and think about. Like, okay, the bubble was real. Yes, LeBron championship counts. Yes, his final MVP counts. All of it counts. But there's like thing, and then another thing I think about too is like some of the players that played really well in the bubble haven't really followed up some of the same success out of them. Yeah, didn't last year. This year they have, but not not last. Year. Yeah, I call those uh, T.J. Warren number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think both can be true, bro. Like, yeah, like the the finals is all about like uh, you got to fight a home crowd as a road team, like as vicious as they possibly can be, and hype they possibly can be. This is the finals, and you got to deal with the travel, and you got to deal with the scrutiny, and how many extra eyes on it because y'all are the finals like that's part of it too but a pure uh no not no but a pure limited variable type like everybody on the same playing field environment means something as well like i think both things can be true at the same time to the baseline as we move more into the west side of things uh i hear there might be some uh some uh disagreement uh with some 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 public tweeting out there man uh i hear uh maybe they wasn't uh coming off the greatest way uh when they read it on the timeline you told me tell me about it Derek. yeah yeah speed limit mike underscore <laughs> that'd be me that'd be me you said four days ago maybe five days ago not because i screenshotted this yesterday steph has seven points and the Warriors are up 23. I'm not adding anything further to that statement. Yes. This is a game of can Mike defend the tweets? Oh, yeah. We're here. All right. That tweet is um, a tweet out of envy for Steph's situation more than anything. Right? Because what I mean by that is how many superstar players can consistently play okay or below their regular season output and be in a position to win consistently. That's not a diss at Steph. That's why I didn't put anything behind that. But it's just like, yo, if, if, if Giannis come out and then, you know, got seven points and then he just not hooping, his team not going to be up by 20. You know what I mean? Now, I do understand that Steph has a level of gravity that makes his teammates better by him just being in play. Like, he don't have to shoot 50% and put up 45, right? That is a part of it. But also, listen, man, seven points and your team up, like, 23 is ridiculous. Yeah. And the Western yeah. Conference Final. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like – and that's the reason why I'm like, okay, Twitter is a weird space because I can't get all of that out and have it sound the way I have it sound on the right. podcast. It's like it's it's not a diss towards Steph as much as it as, as it is envy for his situation and um and a in a big up to the rest of the Warriors. 
That's such a that's such an interesting take, bro. And I I like low key. I agree with what you're saying. I think too though, like Steph is really the only player that can shoot the ball bad, but still have the impact that he's shooting the lights out. And like I don't think anybody has that impact because you can't leave him open, and teams won't leave him open. They will double team him, but even if he's not shooting the ball well, he still creates opportunities. I think Akita maybe I don't know if I would have if I would ever try this. Yeah, this is a dumb take. So I'm not even gonna say it. Actually, I'm gonna say it anyway. Bro, I love, I love it. You gotta gotta take. But <laughs> let Steph beat you. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm being really critical, Steph will beat you. I don't know. I don't know, man. No, I don't know no, where I'm there, going there. with this. I'm with you. Steph's biggest scoring playoff game they lost. He scored 47 against the Raptors. They lost the game. What game was that? Game uh, five? Game. It was in. Oh, it was, it was in, uh, um, five or six, 19. Five or six. It was in Toronto, I believe. Yeah. Well, but like, that's how Toronto won, though. Like, they just had to guard stuff. I remember they had Alfonso McKinney, Draymond, Looney. I forget who else they had on the court at the same time, but it just Boogie wasn't Cousins. enough scoring, and they could just box in one step. But with the other guys on the court now, you – with Clay out there, Jordan Poole, Wiggins can knock stuff down. You just it's you can't do that. So my take it doesn't hold any water, but yeah. I think Steph Curry, like hot Steph Curry and like like otherworldly Steph Curry when he get to going might be like the most debilitating, like somebody get to going person in the league. Because his is just so much worse and the points add up so much quicker because he go three, he go three, he go and one three, he go two and one. Like, and it's just, and it comes so quick because you don't got to, you, you don't waste two extra seconds getting to the hole. I, I can get this done in seven seconds when I come across half court if I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's quick and it's debilitating, bro. I think it's worse than anybody else in the league when you get to going. Those threes, especially when it's back to back, they worth like 10 points, bro. And the crowd, yeah. bro, if he at home, and even on the road, bro, the Warriors have such a large fan base that, like, the road games have Warrior fans, too. Um, and sometimes we heard that in Brooklyn earlier this season when he got MVP chance in Brooklyn. You know, so the, <laughs> he just has an impact. He's, had, he's really important to the NBA's, like, marketability. Um, and those threes feel like 10 points, 10 point swing. No, I, I agree with you on that one. Like, um, they, they interviewed LeBron, I think it was in, like, 2018. And um, they were talking about something. I think it was, like, uh, what's the biggest lie you've been told or something like that or something mm-hmm. along that uh, instance. He said that two points is two points. <laughs> Basically saying, like, some shots are worth more than the actual points they go in with. For so, sure. No, nah, Steph, like, Steph is a scary basketball player. Like he's he's a scary basketball player. Can we stay on him for a second? Because I wanted to ask y'all, what would losing this finals particularly mean for Steph Curry, if anything? I mean, to me, he already cemented, bro. So we don't like it. So don't take this the wrong way, bro. I'm not saying Steph Curry is better than Brian. Brian is top two ever all the time, but we're talking about current players whose legacies are already whatever, if you want to have a legacy conversation, or like, you know, 
already cemented, Steph doesn't have to do win another championship. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to win another MVP. If he wins another final MV, finals MVP, cool. But like people still gonna bring up the 2016. It's the first one. Yeah, the 2015 and the 2016 losing 3-1. Even if he has a final MVP, it's like, oh, you played the young Boston Celtics team. Um, and I'm glad we stand on Steph Curry because like I feel like me and Steph have the same birthday, by the way. So I feel like I understand Steph Curry, bro. Like, were you were you were you born in an Akron hospital? No. Now that no. would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. <laughs> that would have been crazy. But like when I'm watching him play basketball, like I can tell like when he's if somebody says something, he about, he's about to shoot the basketball. He's like a very emotionally motivated player and like likes to get the crowd going. And if there's no external motivation, sometimes he just doesn't have it. Um, so I think he doesn't need to prove anything else. Like he's already the greatest shooter of all time, both by eye test and statistically. Um, I'll put it like this, man. Mm-hmm. First of all, Steph Curry gets judged differently than other NBA all-time greats. For better or for worse, he he's we talk about Chris Paul, like we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Steph Curry is the Chris Paul of the list of all-time greats. Like he doesn't get judged in the same way, right? Like if you talk about all-time greats, uh, if you Jordan, you know, like LeBron, even throw Shaq in, you know, the list goes on. But Kobe. That don't feel like what Steph is doing, right? Yep. It, and when I acknowledge that, it sounds like I'm hating on Steph. But once you get to the certain level of greatness, I have to start pointing things out, right? So like Derek said, and Derek's not the only one. It's a, it's a wide range of opinion that, like, basically, Steph doesn't need a finals MVP to validate anything, right? I'm in line with that from a basketball standpoint. He should have won one in 2015. It was just LeBron was so great that they gave Iguodala the award because he held him to 38 a game, right? <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. You know what I mean? So he did he could. <laughs> so, um, but no, uh, but if you talk about the all-time greats, there is no all-time great in that conversation without a finals MVP. Because the Finals MVP award is so accurate, usually, besides that 2015 one, was so accurate that it all it comes along with the championship. You know what I mean? So, like. But look, I see what you're saying, Mike. I mm-hmm. see what you're saying. But if you go back to 2015, that 2015 championship, Steph Curry, now, how we look at him now is not how we looked at him in 2015. So explain like, that one. Explain that one. I'm ex- so we didn't view Steph Curry to be inarguable, like no debate, the best shooter of all time in 2015. It was a, a, a conversation piece. It was a thought, but there was no like nobody else is the, the best shooter of all time. And nobody, there's no really no gravity conversations with Steph. He doesn't have the unanim- unanimous MVP season at that point in time. The team doesn't go 73 and nine. They don't come back 3-1 at that point in time. None of that has happened yet. So we can't evaluate that Steph Curry versus this one and say like, he should, we would give this Steph Curry the finals MVP, no doubt, because of the treatment of the superstar. 
but he wasn't necessarily – he was a rising star during that point, point in time, leaning more towards superstar status, where, where now it's like if he doesn't get the finals MVP, y'all being disrespectful. And even you could say you could say the 2018 one that they gave to Kevin Durant. Steph Curry could have got that one as well. And it was like a large argument for that. But uh, I'll say this. I'll say this. Steph Curry was the MVP of the season in 2015. Thanks. He was the MVP of the regular season. He was the MVP of the regular season, won the uh, NBA Finals. That automatically should, in theory, get you the Finals MVP. But it's the only time it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. It's the only time it didn't happen. And also, things during that time, this is going to sound like I'm really capable. I hate this. Things at that time were viewed literally as a, uh, what's, what's that um, daytime show? Like Days of Our Lives, something like that. So yeah, that's one. Days of Our Lives of LeBron James. Everything in the league was viewed as a, throughout the scope of how this means for LeBron James. So. Steph Curry was literally able to stand under the blanket of what does this mean for LeBron's legacy? What does this mean for LeBron's legacy? Win a championship, lose another, get Kevin Durant, and then go into another championship. And then we have questions like we, we say we say things like if Steph doesn't win a finals MVP, it doesn't affect his legacy. My whole point is it affects everybody else's. How come it can't affect Steph? I don't know. And also, and also we brought up greatest shooter of all time. We never even care. Like, we don't care about, like, who's the greatest shooter of all time. We didn't look at Ray Allen and even, like, oh, he's the greatest shooter of all time. We said that. But when it came to his legacy and winning, uh, it, it's, not the, it's not, like, fair because he was, like, the third banana on the boat, right? But at the same time, we don't look at Ky- Kyrie and say his legacy solidified. He's the greatest dribbler of all time. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. I see what you're like, saying. We, we, we don't look at uh, – Hakeem or whoever, right? His legacy cement, cement his greatest block, block shot artist of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, Steph hides behind a lot, man. All I want is Steph to be judged the same way everybody else is judged. So, that's so that's interesting. Go ahead, Eli. What you about to say? About? I was just going to make sure uh, I, I gave Mike some bail on his point he made earlier about Steph. Like, I actually agree. Like, when you are to that level, there isn't anybody else who could have like, oh, he had 19 points in game three of the finals and he he, he went uh, six, four, 18. But it's just cool. Like everybody else who in that pantheon, like you're looking for that performance. You're looking for them every time in the big moment. Like and if they don't perform or don't come up, it's always mentioned as part of like what they didn't do like it's a stain but he is the only one that like gets that much leeway and i know we know the gravity thing we know how much he affects everybody else and what he does for his teammates but i mean so does magic johnson bro so does isaiah thomas like these guys are making plays for their teammates as well just in different ways like he is the only one if we're gonna put him in this greatest of all time type conversation he is the only one who kind of get that pass and has gotten it for a long time. So I don't think Mike was wrong in that point he made earlier. But but how does he get a pass though, bro? Everybody's talking about this conversation. We there's like news outlets, sports outlets talking about he needs, he has to have this solidified. 
So he's not, I don't think he's getting the pass. I think there's a lot of people that would say if he doesn't win finals MVP, then his, his legacy is this. I mean, I'm laughing because it sounds, it really kind of sounds ridiculous, actually. But yeah, you know what? This is this is a ridiculous point. I Derek, I agree with you. The 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 um notion that Steph Curry has to win finals MVP to be solidified as an all-time great is ridiculous. All right, I agree with that. But since they did it for everybody else, (laughs) it now becomes not ridiculous anymore. It's like keeping the same energy type thing. But no, um, like, yeah, man, like Steph is is undoubtedly an all-time great. Yeah. So we don't got to get all contexty and uh, add more stuff to it for everybody else that's in that all-time great category. So, so if the Warriors win <laughs> and he gets Finals MVP, which will happen if they win, is he what what stain is left? There is no. That's more the last stain. one. There is no more stain. That's the last one. That's the last thing. You know, I I I people still gonna bring up 2016. <laughs> They still, oh, I mean, they, they still it, don't I, bring up 2016. Reason why I don't bring up 2016 is because I understand who they lost to. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, if you look at like the, the biggest stain on Steph's legacy is Kevin Durant. Honestly, you know what I mean. And yes, like um, Kevin Durant, that whole that whole era messed up both of their legacies. I feel like it underrated Steph and it. Um, underrated Kevin Durant to a certain extent, right? Um, Look, at 2015, they played the Cavs, no Kyrie, no Kevin Love. 2016, the only head-up matchup, in my opinion, they they played them head-up and lost. 2017, Kevin Durant comes, there's the end of that, right? For Steph to get back and then play this Boston Celtics team and then win, that answers any question I have about Steph, if I have any. That's why my question to start this whole thing was, what does it mean to lose? Because what Mike said set up the whole thing. Like, exactly. Every year, there's something somebody can say about every other time you've been to the finals. If you happen to lose this time and it wasn't like LeBron or something, like, that seemed like a big tarnishment and a a bigger stain than anything else that has happened to this point. Because this Boston team is like, you're not comparing that Boston team. They They don't got a LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You didn't lose two of your best players in the finals to injury and lost to Kawhi Leonard. This is like this team you're favored to beat. You know what I'm saying? Like that's going to be a huge stain, I feel like. And I don't know if people are preparing for that conversation. It's a conversation people won't have because that's what people love Steph Curry, bro. (laughs) Like that's what I'm saying. Like people love, you can take your kid to a basketball game, show him Steph Curry and say, kid, you can do that. You can't go to you can't go to watch LeBron at six eight dunk on, you know what I mean, uh, uh, Joseph Nurkic's uh, forehead and say, "Yo, you can be that." Like you can't <laughs> work hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Steph Curry is like Derek said, he's like the he's like the face of basketball. Like he's the most marketable. He's if this was wrestling, Steph is a baby face. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing he could do to change that. He the he the he the piece, man. He's he's keeping it all together, I think. And I don't know if this finals would be viewed the same. Like let's say it was Phoenix or the Mavericks versus Boston. I don't know if more people would tune in. I think a lot of people want to watch Steph Curry in the finals. 
Adam Silver in the NBA is is jumping for joy that Steph Curry is back into the finals, and it wasn't one of the other teams. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and and um, kudos to the Golden State Warriors too. I don't know if we got into anything like basketball related with the Warriors yet. I actually want to break down basketball. Yeah, but yeah, let's get to the game. But, like we got sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> to the baseline. So if we're breaking down basketball, I've I've gone back and watched the the so basically the game versus the Celtics and the Warriors the last few years don't all they it's not an accurate depiction of uh the team that they're playing in the final. Mm-hmm. There was either no Steph, no player, no Draymond in every game um the last few years. Um so it'll be interesting to see like the type of matchups that both teams come out with. Gary Payton the second being back, Andre Iguodala being back, Otto Porter being back. For the Warriors team is really, really big for them. But then also shout out to Robert Williams, aka Time Time Lord. If he's back and healthy, he has an impact. Al Horford is going to have a big impact. I just think the Warriors have the ability to guard Jason Tatum and Jay Brown. And I, that's, just me, that's just me keeping it 100 with you. And if, you, if you're able to guard Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and they're not able to, like, go crazy on one end and you're able to score, because I think that's what Miami wasn't able to do, they were able to defend them, steal the ball from them, like take their lunch money, but they weren't able to get some of the point production on the other end. I think the Warriors are able to do that, even with Boston's defense being as prolific and as dynamic as it is. I think the Warriors are able to to still. I think they'll still be able to score, bro. Like I can't. Marcus Smart is a really good defender, but I I don't know. I don't know if if, if that really impacts Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, and Klay Thompson. And they really only need two, two out of the three to have a really good game. Yeah, like um, Steph Curry is 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 so dynamic in part because he's, in my opinion, like the most dangerous off the ball. So like Marcus Smart is used to sitting down, guarding defend, guard, guarding offensive players, and like it's like to me at least, it's easier to guard with the ball in front of you. You know what I'm saying? So like that matchup when you see these matchups with such and such on Steph, such and such on Clay, is really you guarding the whole Warriors team. And, like, the what I've noticed from NBA Finals games and NBA playoff games, it takes a team that hasn't seen the Warriors a bunch of times, like three, four times a year, it takes them a game to even get used to those defensive principles. So you end up losing a game just because you're not used to playing defense in that way. Like, Al Horford plays drop coverage on pick and roll. I bet you he won't during you know right. during the Golden State Warriors. Right. So then, then it's like, can Al Horford, you know, guard Steph, you know, high up off that pick and roll? Can he even stay in front of him an, an, enough to you know get some help? And if he can't, now Al Horford's on the bench. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it's it's an interesting matchup. It's an interesting matchup. But um, what do you think, D-Lot? Man. I'm mad that it took us this long into the podcast and for us to go through Boston for as long as we did without mentioning how prolific of a defense that we're looking at. I haven't seen a team on a string like this. I mean, probably since like 
the tip top warriors really but like yeah. it's, it's really like they don't have a weak spot you picking out like who the weak spot you picking out Jalen brown and starting lineup he the weakest defender or you picking out Derek white like these guys are like proven nba defenders and the whole team is on the string and it's such an interesting matchup bro with the offense that we're talking about at the Warriors run. Last episode, even, Mike, we was talking about how unique this offense is and how beautiful it is to watch. Like, this, I would say, historic-ass defense versus this unique and, like, one-of-one Warriors-type offense is going to be such an interesting matchup. Like, and I usually go with the defense when it's times like this. I say my pick for later, but, like, I just think – that side of the ball, like Warriors offense versus Boston defense, is just going to be must-see TV the whole time. Yeah. You know what? I, I wish that Robert Williams was a little bit more healthy. I wish he was a little bit healthier. Because um, he, can, he, can, he can come out. I think he can. Yeah, like, like they struggled. Like, Jordan Poole, and, Jordan Poole struggled getting to the rim against, like, Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson. And they could play, like, Williams and Horford together in that way. I know they start them, but Williams has only been playing like 15, 20 minutes a game. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, it, it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch. What do you think, Derek? Hey, man, like, as far as Robert Williams' impact, it can definitely shift the series. But then I think about how the Warriors are able to play a space-out offense. And you have Steph, Jordan, play Wiggins, Draymond, group four. And offensively, Draymond's not going to give much as far as scoring, but he's able to facilitate to get everybody else involved. Um, and I, I, I just think I just think the Warriors just have the best offensive scheme for the best defense, like that yeah. that they're going to play. And I don't think that the Boston Celtics have necessarily played a prolific offensive scheme with this defense and with as much experience that the Warriors have, right? Like the Warriors have guys they can put out there that have been there before, including the, like the coach. Coach has been there before one, which I think is important, but I think it's more important that he's lost in the final and lost as a coach. And this core group has, they know what it's like to lose. And a player. And a player, like, you know, and a player. So it's like, I don't want to discount all of that just on the defense that they play. There's a lot of other factors. And Steph Curry, I think they have a chip on their shoulder too. So they're not just coming in like we're just about to beat them. Like, no, this, this Golden State Warriors team feels like they have something to prove. Clay being out for multiple years, everybody saying the Warriors were done. Draymond being not the same player that he once was as far as like offensive production. Um, even guys down to like Gary Payton II out the league, you know, Otto Porter, number three overall pick, but written off as like a, a role guy. You know, they got they got players that, you know, trying to prove something. So that's that's my pick, bro. I'm gonna go with the guys that chip on their shoulder, experience, the best offense, and their defense is not far behind the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention that too. The, we talk a lot about the Boston Celtics defense. The Warriors have a great defense as well. Right. They have a great defense as well. Uh they they Draymond Green, middle linebacker. You know what I mean? He's everywhere. Um Clay, that Clay and Jalen Brown matchup is something that I'm really looking at because 
those are two, you know what I mean, uh, like-sized individuals. They get it done in different ways, but they're both extremely competitive. Um, and something that Derek mentioned I want to piggyback off of and add to is the Warriors know what it's like to be out of contention now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they've been out of contention since Clay's been hurt, since Steph had his injuries. And, you know, um, so it feels like it feels a bit different. I could imagine it feels a bit different getting back to the top of the mountain after you've been knocked off. So, um, yeah, man, the Warriors, the Warriors have a team that's more than capable. I also think the Boston Celtics do, too, though. And they do. We, we. We'll see. Is is it time to is it time to put picks on wax? Is is that what we doing? I put my pick. I, I, I'm not afraid. I got words in six. Okay, okay. Um, allow me to tell you why I got Boston set. Yeah, yeah, D lot. <laughs> so I think Boston can win as long as they remember to get good shots. They, they the kind of team <laughs> that a go five straight possessions and it'll be two uh Tatum step back threes, uh a Marcus Smart random drive to the hole, throw up some, you might get an Al Horford jump hooker. Like they they forget to get good shots and they do it often. And it's kind of their problem. Like it's always been their problem. Like this group. They love Jalen Brown said they love doing stuff the hard way. Like you say, that's what I hate about us. Like I thought that was hilarious. I don't know if you want to be there that much. I don't get that vibe <laughs> from him. But uh, yeah, like as long as they remember to come down and make sure they're getting quality shots every time, I think their talent can just out. I don't want to say out win, but if you're getting good shots for Tatum, good shots for Brown, wide open shots for your Marcus Smarts, wide open shots for uh, your Peyton Pritchards of the world, like your Al Horfers and one of you picking and popping, like I think they got more in a clutch situation to score from than like Golden State would. Like, I mean, we know we run this beautiful basketball all the time, but when it comes down to it, why it always seemed like ISO at the top of the key, who getting it done in the last three minutes? And Boston got more of those type dudes that – I guess in my head, I visualize and like being end of the game, closing like clutch finals type guys. Even Steph, we, we've seen him be clutch before. We've seen him not be clutch before, throw the ball out of bounds or not be able to beat Kevin Love off the dribble. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think if they just remember to come down, the defense to take care of itself, remember to come down and not goof away six possessions in a row and play within themselves and, and let Tatum be six eight and athletic and have a better offensive package than everybody else on the court, I think they'd be all right. They can't afford to have them dud games where Tatum goes 14 points and seven for 22. Like you can't have maybe you can get one of them, but you can't have more than one of those games from a Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. They got to come every single night. But I, I'm a defense guy and that defense has just impressed me all season. Give me the defense, and I I take it in seven. Hey, D Lot, Boston in seven for D Lot, Warriors in six for Derek. Um, I've been back and forth. I've changed my pick like two times already. Um, I've been back and forth, man. Uh, but I was looking at it earlier today. Um, 
I think that Al Horford, the way I think that the three people that are going to swing the series are Al Horford, um, Derek Wright, Grant Williams. I think that I say that because um, if Derek Wright can, Derek White can knock down open shots, that changes the series like he did in uh, against Miami. If Horford can stay on the floor, I'm really confident in the Celtics. When I say stay on the floor, of course they'll play him, but can he have the same type of impact that he normally does? Like Al, Al Horford is like one of my top five winning players in the league. He doesn't have a championship, but wherever he goes, win and follow. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, Grant Williams, because eventually they are going to have to match up with the um, with the Warriors small ball lineup. And if, five. and if if Horford, if Williams is hurt, if Horford can't stay on the court against those, you know what I mean, that movement that the Warriors has, then Grant Williams is your small ball five. You know what I mean? Can he stay out of foul trouble? Can he knock down open shot? Um, ultimately, man, uh, Jason Tatum has 77 turnovers in 18 games. <laughs> like, like, Jason Tatum struggles to keep the ball. The Warriors' biggest opportunity in offense, besides them just having a great offense, when you're going up against an, a really good defense in the half court is to get out and run in those broken plays. If you have broken plays against the Golden State Warriors, that's where the Warriors feast on. That's what the Warriors feast on. You know what I mean? Any type of – Warriors are the people that keep a dirty room, but they know where everything is. You know what I mean? So the play looks broken, but I know where Steph is. I know where Draymond is. I know where Clay is. You know what I mean? Um, ultimately, I think that um, I got – I have the Warriors winning in seven. I have the Warriors winning in seven. That's my ultimate pick. I got the Warriors winning in seven because I think that um, experience plays a part in terms of the NBA Finals. NBA NBA Finals, the first two games are different. The last, like, five, I feel like people get in their rhythm. But the first two games are different, right? It actually helps the Boston Celtics that they are in Golden State, in my opinion. Because if you lose one of those at Boston, it changes the series completely right and there's one game where it takes teams to get um used to the way the Warriors play basketball hopefully that'll be in the same game for Boston and it won't be in two different games you know what I'm saying um Steve Kerr coaching staff listen I've seen the Warriors lose one time healthy since like 2014 in my life Healthy, I've seen them lose once. And even that, they was up 3-1. So I got to go with what, what, I've been, what I've been seeing, man. Golden State Warriors, man. Warriors in seven. Andre Godala, finals MVP. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love the point of views, bro. I really do. I really do. Like, okay, let me ask you a more game one specific question to both of y'all. Uh, who, who need to win game one more? State. They gotta traditionally, I will be very critical of Golden State Warriors. They play with they play with their food, bro. They do that way too much. And it's like I could see them coming out. They done had a week off, week plus losing. Because the other team is more in rhythm because they played recently. There's a version of we talk about the multiverse. There's a version of the universe where 
they come out and they lose this this game one convincing. Like they get they lose they lose by a lot, 10 plus. So I think game one is really, really important that the words come out and dictate the tone. Um, because if Boston loses game one, I mean their Warriors are at home, it's as expected. You know, y'all try to get try to steal one, you lose the first one, it's not gonna Yeah, I agree with that. Um home team for me, especially in this situation, um, when you're going into Boston, right? And Boston is a, a, a raucous environment. Like, like it's, it's a historically great environment to play basketball, but a historically hard environment to play if you're the opposing team. So uh, if, if the Celtics win that first game, it changed the whole series, makes it way more tougher for Golden State. Now you go into game two, it's a must win. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I think the Warriors. If you, if you go into like game three, now we got three. Remember the finals format different. You got three straight in Boston, or is it back to the same? I think it's back to back to, back to, back to good. I'm glad they did that because yeah, I ain't never liked that the three straight. But yeah, I, I agree with y'all as well. Just wanted to see where y'all was at because I do agree with you, Mike. Like playing Golden State is, we might get to this series and see that that Boston prolific defense only works for regular teams and not Golden State. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It might take a little second. So uh, I think the game one win for Boston can almost be like, a, all right, I mean, we kind of saw that coming. Let's just get it together from here on out. But, yeah, for it'll sure. be tough. Yes, sir. I do want to say uh, maybe I need to start uh, throwing out who I want to win the year before, man, because I was going back and looking at my tweets. I had I said Dallas going to the Western Conference Finals. I tweeted in 2021. And then last year we made our picks. I had Marcus Smart as a defensive player of the year. And I had Boston going to the finals. But all this stuff is just a year late. I want to get something off about Marcus Smart, too. His defensive prowess is so good. And I'm so critical of, like, NBA Twitter and, like, opinions when it comes to the NBA. Um, the NBA should not get rid of flopping. Flopping is a part of basketball. It's a competitive advantage, and it's up to a specific player to use that advantage in however they want to. Marcus Smart is traditionally known as somebody that flops, but he's also a great defensive player. If Marcus Smart does not flop, we're not able to see him win defensive player of the year. But then you have guys like Drew Holiday, who never flopped, but he's also a great defender. You take that away, it kind of, you lose elements of the game that we need in order to like gain competitive advantage. There's a game within the game. So I do want to get that off about Marcus Smart. Happy he's one defensive player of the year. But the NBA, people should stop complaining about flopping. It's a part of it's a part of the sport. It's a part of basketball. I actually I actually agree with that. Yeah. I you got human that. error in the calling, bro. So if yeah. you got human error in the calling, you can manipulate it. I'm it's not like even they keep it like I keep going. It's a theme for me in this episode. But in baseball, they have pitch framing. So the catcher catches a ball that's outside the strike zone and then slightly pulls it inside the strike zone. <laughs> they keep stats for that. You know what I mean? And like, it's, it's part of, are you a good catcher or not? Can you steal strikes for your pitcher? You know what I mean? So uh, I feel like, you know, Marcus Smart is a pitch framer. You got some people that's like real floppers. They just yeah. out of defense position. The difference is, are you in defensive position when you flop? I feel like. Right. So like, if you're in defensive position and you flop, then it's like, okay, you, you kind of embellish the call. I just want to say thank y'all, bro. Appreciate y'all time, like, bringing me on the show. Like, this was dope. This was dope. I'm excited to see what happens. 
Maybe start a little a little NBA group chat, bro. Just get in there and start talking about hoops during the finals, man. That'll be cool. That'll be real. Let's do it, bro. Let's do I'll it. I'll be with that. Yeah. We appreciate you, bro. No, bro. No doubt. Y'all keep doing y'all thing, man. And again, thank you. Thank you. I'll see y'all later, though. All right, man. All right. To the baseline. Thanks again to our guests, our special guest, Celebrity Row, Derek Morris. Uh, that's two in a row, Mike. Two in a row did the guest thing. And boy, I have I enjoy both of them. So I'm glad we made that move to start uh, offering the platform man, sharing the platform. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's always great when uh, great minds link up and talk basketball. You know what I mean? Um, just like the last episode, talking sports, music, all that type of stuff. It's, you know, a community thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. And I learn something new every time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So big shout out to uh, Derek. Thank, thanks to him once again for coming through, man, giving us some of his time. And um, yeah, man. On short notice. On short notice, too, man. Short notice. Uh, always ready. That's a veteran player right there. <laughs> always ready. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Never know when your number is going to be called. So, um, yeah, man. And, and, and to all those, all the listeners, man, let us know what you think about the episodes, man. Um, you know, uh, rate, subscribe, all those type of things. Apple Podcasts, you know what I mean? Comment, SoundCloud, all those type of things. Leave us a review. You know what I mean? I love to hear from you. Same as uh, at to the baseline on Instagram and on Twitter as well. Same handle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. D lot, man. Um, it's starting tomorrow, man. Well, it, it well, sorry. It started. It's starting when you hear this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The NBA finals. So um, we, I'm looking forward to it, man. Big preview, man. Episode 27. I think it's 27. Yeah. 27. Oh, yeah. It's been a blast. It's been a blast. But we'll holler. Yes, sir. To the baseline. <laughs>